We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome into the Rotoviz Basketball Show. It's me, Colin Kelly. I'm joined as always by Zachary Kruger. We're delighted to be joined by Josh Larkey as well. And we were just talking before we kick things off. We are doing this over three various time zones. We've done this in the past though, Zach. We've done this with Sean Siegel where I'm in Ireland, you're on Eastern time. And then we have the, the other side of the, the American, I was about to say the American island. It's not quite an island, the United States, I guess we'll say. But uh, we're, we're across time zones here, but we're really looking forward to this draft. I've wanted to connect with Josh for a long time to get him on a show and to do one together. And I thought, what better way to do it than to try and win two million dollars together that's probably the best way to do it so we're looking forward to drafting in the best ball mania tree today over at underdogfantasy.com we will be jumping into that draft room in just a little second starting it off thanks for jumping on and joining us josh but the the first thing i want to say is uh what is your ideal draft slot in 2022 and, and where are you hoping we go today with this draft slot so i'm not too picky i like almost half of the draft slots you got to give me a top five pick because the way that I see it is after Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Cup, Jefferson, and Chase are gone. To me, it feels like a pretty decent tier break to pick six where I think I, I take Eckler and Diggs. Those are kind of my two main rotations at pick six, but I, I do feel like it, you just go, oh, wow, ooh, that, that archetype, that profile does not quite feel like the first five picks that just went off. So I'm top five. I don't know if where, where you guys are at, but to me, that feels like the biggest cutoff point in the draft, actually, is after pick five. And I've done a lot of hero RB. That, that's been the, the strategy that I've really liked. And I, I've played with it a little bit where I know it's supposed to be uh, a round one or round two running back. I've stretched it to round three, since sometimes we'll have a we'll have a Saquon type player in round three. And I think he he feels like a hero to me. So I'll, I'll do that sometimes, but I've, I've done a decent amount of zero RB this year. I know that's going to excite all the, the Rotoviz viewers out there. So I think this, this really feels like the year that zero RB is going to be incredibly viable for, especially for this kind of format with half PPR. It's just setting up really nicely the way that the, the draft is structured. And when you're getting guys like we, we have Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard. There's just a lot of guys that go at pick seven or round seven, eight, that look really tempting. Even Clyde Edwards Alaire, despite the Jerick McKinnon signing, I think has that still has that upside where you're like, oh, round seven. That's not a bad start to my running back room. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. But I'd say Hero RB is one out more often than not for me. 
We like to call that modified zero RB over in the road of his streets, but uh, we'll, we'll go with here RB for today. I, I just like to get that in to, to get that's, some reactions. In the, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Colin Kelly bit that will never die is what that, that is. Never. I, I may be the only person that's in on this bit, but uh, it is it is ongoing. Uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with Josh already, you should be following him on Twitter at jlarkytweets. Make sure you are doing that. We will be reminding you throughout the show to make sure you are following him over there and get that great information from him on Twitter. Of course, you can check out Zach on Twitter mm-hmm. at zk underscore ffb. And if you do want to follow me, I'm over there at Overtime Ireland. But we are going to jump into that draft room. I think the top half of the draft is the perfect spot i think though really if you get the top four picks or in hindsight the last three picks of the round is probably where i'm looking that's where i've landed most of the time so more experience and those zach as you control the draft board in the draft room and you're jumping in there i'll let you go where is your dream draft slot here today uh it's just a heads up we had, we're waiting on four people so if anyone's listening and wants to hop in bbm3 feel free to do that but only uh, if you don't snipe us. If you snipe us, you're not allowed to jump. Yeah, if you're planning on snipe us, stay the hell away. But otherwise, come on and have a good time. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think we know that, that the ideal draft slot is simply 111 or 112. It sets up that ZRB build perfect. No. Um, I, I mean, I echo a lot of what Larky says. It does feel really good this year, I think, to, to kind of get one of those like top like five or six picks just because there are so many players who – who you know you have falling to you at this point in time even even right down to someone like christian mccaffrey who you can get at the 103 where his adp is right now sometimes you can get him as late as like the 105 because people are more bullish on some of these wide receivers who are going around the spot of mccaffrey um over him because you know they're fading him because of the injury or whatever we we landed the 104 here so we're gonna have a pretty decent um let's go group of players to pick from here let me uh so know. as Zach is setting that up, I'll run through. There's a, Matt Jones has added in the question that he's in four, four by running back start incoming. I, I know that's in jest, but I, I don't think uh, that's not on my uh, menu today anyway, but I think it's going to be fun to jump in and draft this. If you are in the chat and you are drafting along with us, let us know, and uh, hopefully you're drafting at the opposite end of the, the draft round. But we're picking at the 104. As we start this off, you will see scott fishbowl popping up over the next couple of weeks there'll be a lot of information going around with that scott has given us one subscription or not subscription one entry to the scott fishbowl to give away there is information on how to enter that in the description of today's show click on that you'll see information on a tweet and uh, get yourself entered in that contest will run until next friday and while we're at it give that thumbs up on today's video as well you are the guest on today's show um Josh, so we're going to give you the, the first taker. We have 30 seconds. We're on the clock. Who is the, the pick? And it's interesting because Christian McCaffrey is there. Jamar Chase is the other player that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I always love getting Jefferson at pick four based on ADP. I think Jefferson's just set up for the wide receiver one overall season. Because because this is a Rotoviz show, we can we can experiment with a little zero RB. Let's pull the trigger on Jamar Chase. It's always tempting to grab McCaffrey round one. I think he has undeniably the highest ceiling in fantasy football but I think he has one of the lower probabilities of hitting that ceiling, which I think for a tournament like Best Ball Mania is a great pick. But again, this is this is a protoviz show, and I just want you guys to know that for anyone that remembers last year, I made Zach sit through a heavy running back show last year. So we're we're we're, we're going to do the spirit of this, and let, let's grab some receivers. I think Jamar Chase pretty firmly has wide receiver one overall in his range of outcomes. He just had the the best rookie receiver season ever. We saw what Jefferson did after that. Jefferson, 
he rebounds with the 30% target share in year two, stronger peripherals, basically across the board. And we could very well see that for Jamar chase. So, uh, it sets yeah, up no, a nice I, potential Bengals stack. I love this. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, it's very <laughs> tempting to pass up on Christian McCaffrey, or hard to pass up on Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. that fourth slot. You know, he goes at spot five, and then Austin Eckler, who you had mentioned, Stefan Diggs, who you had mentioned. But I think that if you are getting the opportunity there with Christian McCaffrey at spot four, that is is very nice indeed. But I think for the fun of today's show, I think we're going to go with a, a pretty heavy zero RB approach maybe from this point forward. We have talked on some shows recently, Josh, about when you are drafting in those first kind of four slots it is interesting how the drafts are setting up this year is when you wrap around in that two three turn there is a lot of running back options available there you already touched on Saquon Barkley and but there is a lot of guys and depending on how the draft plays out a lot of the wide receivers we're targeting sometimes are gone by the time you get past that round and a half and that was why I was touching on earlier sometimes drafting in those last three picks off the first round gives you that opportunity to get two of those early wide receivers and then see how it plays out from there but we are uh, you know half a round away from our next selection we have seen a lot of running backs go off the board since our pick we also seen Diggs and cd lamb there's a number of players then i don't think he's going to get back with the likes of Debo samuel be on there aj browns in there t higgins we could even go for a you know we could really stack up the Bengals here to see how things play out who are you hoping to get in these next two picks at, you know in the two three range your ideal selections here i mean yeah it would be it would be great to have t higgins in the second and to and if we can get a, our sneaky hero and shift from zero to hero and a Saquon is available in the third, I'll take that. But at this point, I think the days of Saquon round three are mostly over. That was kind of last month. I was consistently getting him even mid third round. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the, the, the nut strategy at that point was tight end in round one or two, another receiver in round one or two, Saquon in round three, and then just <sighs> receiver and just pound that. So those were some really good days. Uh, I really like Higgins here. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Evans is another one that I think is just a smash pick right now. Yeah, I feel like everything's shaping up for Evans to have one of the best seasons of his career. So he's been someone that I've been extremely bullish on this year uh, with no more Antonio Brown. Godwin going to miss 10 plus weeks, most likely. I've heard Godwin's targeting Thanksgiving to return. So oh. I like Evans too, because then you can set up the Brady stack. And I ultimately just want to, target really good offenses when possible since that's where the spike weeks generally come from from all my research it seems like we're really good at predicting the good offenses mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of what ah and there there goes my favorite mike so, yeah so we lost higgins we lost evans i got harry i'm going to overrule everyone here it has to be Debo at this point when he lasts to the selection i think it has to be Debo samuel <laughs> unless somebody wants to overrule me i'm fine i'm no. fine with Debo. I'm okay with Debo. I don't love Debo, but he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't last here. Yeah. All right. We can go with with Debo there. I was gonna say we lost uh, we lost T Higgins at pick 18, which was I mean that that's a little early for his ADP, which was sitting around 23. So I think in in a, in a perfect world he might have actually made it back to us, which would have been pretty sweet. But we're gonna keep it on here for a second, so we can try to get a couple players in our queue since it's coming right back up. Then we'll pull up the draft board again. Um, and uh, just looking through that, the reason, obviously, saying that I, I think Debo is somebody who I'm happy taking at the back end of the first round as high as you know 111. So to get him then at the 209, I think is you know a, an awesome, awesome value there. But the other thing is he doesn't get there was the words Josh used, and the reason it's interesting then, and it would be even more interesting probably if we had a, had a team with Christian McCaffrey. But there won't be many teams that are stacked up with Jamar Chase and with 
Debo we're Samuel on the clock. On the ADP. And we are on the clock, and Zach's going to keep us honest here. So we have the option of Mike Williams mm-hmm. is there, Jill yeah. Waddles there, Marquise Brown's there, DJ Moore. I'm passing on the running backs here, um, Josh. Yeah, I don't like these running one. backs. And no, I, I'm I, probably I'm probably going with Mike Williams here, unless we want to go for Kyle Pitts would be the other option with the elite tight end. As we have seven seconds, make the shout. Yeah, I would say that that those are the kind of my two rotation players in this. My, my heaviest rotation players would be Williams. Uh, I think he has uh, kind of a mid-range wide receiver mm-hmm. one in his range of outcomes pretty easily after he switches roles and then just crushes in fantasy last year. And then Pitts is the other one where I understand it's a stinky offense. I I understand the concerns about how are him and London both going to get there, but because we haven't seen a tight end produce like him as a rookie in 60 years, there's just upside there that I think people don't quite acknowledge that we have legitimate like wide receiver one caliber upside from him and that he could be giving you 17, 18 fantasy points a game this year, just based on the history of these thousand yard rookie receivers. So he's the other guy that I really like, even though I know some people have soured on him. I actually think Kelsey Pitts and Waller are my, my three favorite early tight ends. I've soured on Mark Andrews a little bit as I looked more into the, the Ravens passing volume mm-hmm. and that the Ravens basically passed 27 and a half times a game in 2019 when they had the best offense in football, 27 and a half times. It dropped to 25 times a game in 2020, only 25. Then what happens? The entire running back room gets injured. The entire defensive secondary gets injured and they throw the ball 36 times a game, but they they lose Marquise Brown. They draft a running back, two tight ends, a center and a right tackle. It seems to me like they want to get back to 25 to 27 pass attempts a game. And Mark Andrews is going to need the Cooper cup target share to even get close to what he had last season. So for me, when I did projections and really dove into it, I initially loved Andrews in the second, and then I kind of soured and I was like, wait, why am I chasing the 150 targets from last year? It's He's probably going to get 120 this year or 110. He actually hadn't hit 100 targets until last year with 150. So yeah, it was I mean, a, we could... a monster year, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I still think there's a big year coming for him. But I think you mentioned Kyle Pitts; like it's a historic rookie season that he had. I think obviously the expectation going in was that he was going to have that. So then when he he didn't have the the touchdowns, maybe we hoped that was disappointing. But I think he's in such a great spot this year, heading into the season. The dream start there would have been for me AJ Brown lasting one more pick. I think that would have mm-hmm. been absolutely amazing. But we do start off with Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams as we enter. Into the fourth round, we're moving through some picks as DJ Moore, Marquise Brown, and Cortland Sutton go off the board. Uh, we did get a message in here from Best Ball and giving a shout out to Larky. It's his first time watching here. Came over to watch my boy Larky Cool Channel Boy. So appreciate you listening in today. And he also mentioned that uh, he likes to get the one two turn pick, trying to get Cook and Aaron Jones with the week 17 game stack as well. So we will talk a little bit about stacking later on. And the, the last comment that I'm going to go through here at the moment is coming in from tampa wheels he says he's at pick eight in this which is the worst spot for him so we'll see how his team finishes up in spot eight um looking through some of the options coming up here who's standing out for you zach as we're one pick away are we still hitting on those wide receivers i see that we do have gabriel davis in the queue i would be tempted here even with debo samuel to go with george kittle and potentially stack up those 49ers mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think kittle's a decent option i have gabriel davis in there um you know, just always good to get a piece of Bill's offense. Justin Herbert, Mike Williams would be a little bit of a stack that we could do. I don't know where Larky stands on there. We have 20 seconds. I'm going to let him kind of close us out and lead us to this pick. But what are you thinking, Josh? 
These are all good picks. I would probably lean Herbert just for that stack. And then mm-hmm. you can kind of wait on your second QB till the very end. Uh, I, I think court, I think we have the, the QB one overall in his range of outcomes with how fast paced they play with how he actually has been an inefficient passer with yards per attempt. Each of his first two seasons, he's been around like 7.3, 7.5. I wouldn't shock me if he gets up to eight this year and that we, we could see some pretty ridiculous passing numbers from him. And I think also with Mike Williams, what you're banking on when you take him at pick 28 is you're hoping for an improvement from last year. And I don't think he improves last year without Herbert taking a step forward. So that's why I've actually leaned a lot. I've leaned really heavily on Herbert Williams. I haven't taken nearly as much Keenan Allen because with half PPR, his profile just doesn't actually line up. It's very, it's the same reason why I actually have soured on Deontay Johnson for underdog this year. These guys that are probably going to have a lower a dot and be high volume. It just doesn't add up to the spike weeks is what I found through my research. I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well, but like we have chase Debo Williams. These are big play receivers. And I think that this is kind of what you want for a half PPR format. Yeah, especially in baseball, you know, for playing on season long and you're having to select who you're putting in there. But if you're looking for those massive spike weeks, uh, Ben Grex has done some interesting uh, research around Keenan Allen as well, how his usage was in 2021. And the kind of he he is a veteran, really and truly at this point. He is aging and he's going to have a little bit of a drop off. So um, I, I think I'm taking the younger player with the higher upside. And you know, when people talk about some of these drafts, and you know, I'm never going for the safe floor. I'm always going for the like we're going to win this thing we're not going to just like you know come third in our league so um that that is some good stuff you talked about there with the likes of um with mike williams uh, looking here there is Brees hall here who i think is interesting i do like uh, dobbins as well if we did want to start to lean into a little bit of a hero rb build or is there a wide receiver you like at this point bateman would be my call at wide receiver i like bateman i like cooks i think those are both good options let's go I, I like, either I, of them over hall uh, Let's go with Bateman. I'm going with Bateman over it. All right, we'll take we'll take Hall, Hall's a weird one. Hall feels like he's going to be Javante Williams from last year. It does feel and a lot. It's like actually not be, like I it's not bad. It. You can actually have a really good team if you're structuring it kind of uh, zero, like not quite zero RB, but you're. It's like round five is my first running back, and it's Brees Hall. I think you can structure some really good teams that way, but I think you're going to need both. A Michael Carter injury and a pretty massive step forward from Zach Wilson. So he's someone I was initially really high on because of his profile. But as I actually thought about, all right, we need to score fantasy points. I mean, I think he's fine. I just, I don't get excited drafting Bruce Hall, even in round five. That's kind of where I'm at with him. I think yeah. that the upside is massive. I think the profile coming in is fantastic. I think as a running back, he's going to be amazing. I just think that Lanton with the Jets could be a little bit of a tricky bit because Michael Carter did well last year and i think there's going to be but i think this offense is going to take a step forward there's a lot of pieces in it too like you know i think that elijah moore is somebody to to try and get on your rosters this year and i do think that Brees hall is going to be the beneficiary of getting more green zone or high value touches potentially rather than just you know getting carries from his own 20 yard line over and over again so i think that the jets will be better um but i think that at that point, I'm going again for the upside. There's a lot of guys when we're starting this build that I like between the ranges of 8 and 12, those rounds. Um, and that was part of my thinking there. I think when you look at this range of wide receiver, if Bateman's gone there, I'm not drafting Amari Cooper. You mentioned Chris Godwin earlier. You know, that's a serious injury to come back from, so I'm not yeah, targeting him one. either. 
Then you have Juju changing teams. There's question marks there. And then question marks with the quarterback situation with DK Metcalf and then Terry McLaurin and his contract situation. And there's certainly question marks with his quarterback situation. So uh, there's a lot of guys going in that round five, six range. And Bateman, for me, is the the real standout off those. We do see some wide receivers go off the board that I mentioned there after our pick, J.K. Dobbins, who I like, also went. But he went ahead of Brees Hall here interesting that he meant 10th they have just gone an annihilated running back so far to start this draft so oh my god is, five yeah that, that <laughs> team may be paying the rake in this draft we'll see how things are going we are a couple of picks away though from our selection is cook uh, still are, available or did cooks just get taken uh, oh, Cook's Cook's got taken at 65. I kept seeing him last. And more, and more as well both of those guys went mm-hmm. off the the board yeah this is the point one. where i start to lean into the potential of Burks and some of the rookies. Um, we are one pick away. Just I might have missed it, Zach. Did Hawkinson go off? Hawkinson did not go off. No, he's usually oh, going after. He's usually yeah, he going after. Yeah. yeah, he's about four rounds well, later. Hawkinson is the tight end when we're looking to build an elite tight end at this point that I would reach for. Um, I would draft him over the other tight ends that were shown in the draft room there. But we won't be picking now for twenty four picks after this one. If I are we pecking I'll, on the way back? We're on the clock right like, now, actually. I like Schultz here. I know you some like people. Schultz? Yeah, yeah. So Colin, like why it. why don't you like Schultz? It seems like you prefer Hawkinson over Schultz, where I'm kind of the opposite. Let, give me give me the. Well, the let's take Schultz and then we'll talk through Hawkinson. again at that point. Yeah. Uh, I just prefer Hawkinson upside of like basically the case you made for Pitts being the wide receiver one in that offense. I would make the same case and very similar for Hawkinson with Detroit. Um, there's a lot of pieces in the Cowboys offense that I do prefer over him. So when I'm drafting these teams, there's a lot of times where I'm trying, like for people listening to this or listening to overtime, you'll tend to find that I have one of those tight ends on my roster before Hawkinson. But for me, Hawkinson is the the tight end five this year. Interesting. What I like about Schultz, uh, I, I think Schultz and Kittle, I view them pretty equally. I think Schultz could even go in the Kittle range. The way that I see it is that Schultz looks like the pretty clear number two option in Dallas, and they run a a furious pace of offense. They had a lights-out defense last year. They played backup quarterback after backup quarterback, and they still had well over 1,100 plays run. It seems we're like on, it's going to be we're Lamb. On the clock real quick, guys. Sorry to cut you off. Lucky. Well, I think if we're on the clock here. It's interesting. We could potentially go with Burrow here and have that stack as well with Chase. Larky, what are you thinking? I got Sanders and Gage in the queue. I'm not. I think I'd lean Sanders or Gage. I think with Herbert, we could probably wait on a second quarterback. Gage is my favorite pick in this range, (laughs) but we don't have a running back yet, and I think Sanders is a strong pick. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and go with Sanders. I've done a couple bully QB builds, but I I generally don't like how they turn out quite as much because I think the quarterbacks cannibalize each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I think when you if you take Herbert at 45, we have to kind of assume that he is a top two, top three quarterback in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're, I mean, you kind of laid it out. First of all, they are cannibalizing each other there when you're taking them in that way. And then secondly, uh, we're looking at the, you know, still taking essentially two quarterbacks with our first seven picks. It's not something that I'm doing a lot of, especially knowing that we have a quarterback in the fourth round in this case with Herbert. So I, I prefer that. I'm always happy to fade running back for another round, but I, I think Sanders is kind of a nice fit with this build. I think that, you know, one thing that he really kind of got hurt by last season was the fact that I think he had literally zero touchdowns. Is that is that correct? Miles Sanders, zero touchdowns? So the Eagles had the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. 
Yeah, but and Sanders, Sanders had, had zero. zero, which is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it's it was it was it was a really bad like I mean he's he's a he's a classic positive regression candidate in terms of if he gets a volume that he had last season, uh, you're you're going to expect that with that will follow touchdowns after just the complete. I, he's basically the running back version of Cole Komet is what he is, and uh, I I think that he can hopefully bounce back and what should still be a pretty good offense, probably still pretty high volume rushing down in the red zone. Uh, I, th- I think that he'll hopefully bounce back and get a few more scores. So I, I like him here. I think he's a pretty solid pick. I think he's a pretty solid pick, but that was a really flat range. I probably would have made the case for Traylon Burks if he had lasted two more picks there for us. Um, I do agree with what both of you said on the quarterback situation. I think that would be too much to invest in the quarterback position, but wanted to pitch it out. There. I was very tempted to make the case for Brant and I. People listening to this are going to think that I'm an in love with the 49ers this year but i just think that there's mispricing there with him and the range that he's going you know with russell gage i suppose the case for gage is that we're saying that we don't have chris godwin for the potentially opening 10 weeks of the season so that's going to help him there drake london was the other player that i think would be very interesting but i haven't drafted miles sanders much at all this year but it's not due to the lack of not really liking him but usually this round where you mentioned zach holding off one more round uh Devin Singletary who has just gone off the board is my key candidate there in a lot of drafts I like him too we are two picks away we will get to some of the the comments in the chat after this but where are we leaning here uh Zach who's your favorite pick here in, in round eight uh well I haven't even put anyone in the queue here yet so let me uh let me backtrack here a second I, I think at this point in time oh, we're probably we're looking oh no I just okay. think at this I think at this point in time we're looking probably at wide receiver unless we want to go with someone like Damian Harris or Kareem Hunt uh, we, we've kind of talked ourselves out of quarterback already, unless you wanted to do Dak. I still would prefer to get, you know, another position player here. So I, I'm kind of leaning, I might be leaning Hunter Renfro, honestly, um, which, which maybe isn't the, the sexiest sounding of, of picks, but I, I kind of like Renfro here, given just his slot volume and what he could possibly see and what may be an even better Raiders offense than what it was last season. It's actually not that bad. Especially you're the guest, Zach, so I'll let you take pick over and make the pick. Zach can do it. Let's yeah. I, I I think Renfro, I also like that he's in the AFC West. Yeah. I like getting a lot of AFC West players on my team. I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts. In that division. Lot of we point. have Herbert Williams. So Herbert Williams Renfro is going to be a stack for two uh, it's like a game stack for two different games this year. Mm-hmm. So so and yeah. as well when you're looking at this like this is a specific nature i usually am going for the upside players here renfro seems like a very safe pick but the one thing i will say is when you're getting him as your wide receiver five on these rosters it's a lot different than if you've got running back early and you're trying to have him as your wide receiver too so uh, the other shout out from best ball and sends it in that renfro week 17 uh, oh, is against right. the 49ers yeah. so we can let's ah. say that that was the main reason that uh suede is there to, to make that decision isn't it yeah yeah i was gonna say we gotta queue up van jefferson once we get to that range to get the the week That's 17 right. correlation with herbert he's been my go-to just because it's hard to get the charger stack while also getting a cup or a robinson but van jefferson's a big play threat he could very well have 20 fantasy points in any given week if he's in that wide receiver three role. And I think that he's been a really easy one to get. Same with Darrell Henderson, where mm-hmm. he he goes in a nice range where you can pretty easily get, I mean, we could even get them kind of at the turn. We could go Van Jefferson, Darrell Henderson. And the next, you know, you have a full game stack of Herbert Williams, Henderson, Van Jefferson. Maybe we polished off with Everett or Palmer. And that that's a really nice looking week 17 setup. 
I think uh, here's a comment we'll put in. Best ball is really firing in with good comments in this. He says, in his opinion, Garrett Wilson is the most mispriced rookie if you're looking at prospect profile. That came in maybe around We're on the half clock. ago. We're on we the are on the clock. Gareth Wilson is there as an option, or Gareth Wilson. Is there anyone else that you want to make the pitch for here, Larky? Uh, I could go Garrett Wilson. I, I think Garrett Wilson ever- is mispriced based on profile because I, I think it's a bad landing spot, yeah. which, I mean, we, we could be wrong about, so... Yeah, totally fine going Wilson here. He was my pre-draft wide receiver one, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like the profile coming in. And, you know, I, I am looking to get as many of these rookies onto my rosters as possible. There is times where I have far too many rookies. You know, we see Garrett Wilson for people watching in on the, the live stream. He has a blank face when we look at the, <laughs> the roster here. There is times where my, uh, my teams have no faces. <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I think getting a rookie in there as well. We went with a safe pick and Renfro in the last round. I think then given the upside of somebody like Wilson, if all things hit correctly, is is awesome there. So we are now through nine rounds. Going to give you a rundown of the team. Uh, if you can scroll up to the top, Zach, as we hit through it. We do have Justin Herbert. We have Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman, Hunter Renfro, Garrett Wilson, and then Dalton Schultz at tight end. So I think... In terms of structure, we're starting to really get into a nice spot as we get approaching round 10 here at this point. Really happy with how things are playing out. There's um, running through some of the comments here. We have a, Roland uh, sending in a message. Be sure to use a one to three minute stream delay so we don't get sniped. That would be uh, a good idea, but I think people enjoy the live in the moment. And I think there's more fun sometimes when there's people in the draft room. But I do know we do these drafts quite often, Zach, where we record them offline and then post them after. and I have an ongoing bet in that as well, that even when nobody can hear us and nobody is watching our draft board and nobody can see our cue, we still get sniped. So it yeah, happens regardless. It happens. So, uh, <laughs> and you, you can definitely tell by this when Zach is saying, I have nobody in the queue yet. That is not unintentional. That is so, so people can't see who we want to draft. But uh, yeah. I think I'm really pleased with how things are playing out so far. I think we're really stocked up now at wide receiver for the next couple of rounds we'll kind of see how it plays out but this is a point where i'm starting to look into some of the running back options so we have a round mm-hmm. here where we see damian harris chase edmonds and cream hunt go off the board that was the only uh, three running backs in the last two rounds there's been six running backs james cook going three picks after devin singletary so the buffalo backfield and then kenneth walker so we're into a range here where i think it becomes quite favorable for who we're targeting in these drafts and also the teams who have drafted running back at the start tend to not be looking for running backs in these slots. So you are the guest on the show, as I mentioned before, Josh. Uh, who are you targeting at this point? And for people listening in, make sure you hit that like button on the video I mentioned at the start of the show today as well. We do have a Scott Fishbowl entry to give away. Check out the information on that in today's show description. But fingers are crossed here for Zach. Who is the fingers crossed for? Well, my fingers were crossed for Derek Carr, and that didn't go very well. So, um, so I, I mean, if Melvin Gordon would happen to actually yep. slip to us here, I, I think that you kind of have to take him here at eleven, at eleven pick value. Um, down that's where I, I like thought the Gordon. fingers were. Uh, that's where uh, I thought Josh's fingers were. Get a little more up. AFC West going on. Yeah, like yeah, I think I think Gordon's a, the slam dunk pick here. Almost so we'll, a we'll let the value. we'll let the clock play out a little bit to to give us some breathing room here because it is going fast and furious, but. I can remember back to last year, you mentioned at the start of the show um, when we talked about Brees Hall that this year's kind of Javante Williams could be Brees Hall in the situation that they're in. 
Melvin Garden last year, I remember one of the podcasts we did, I titled it The Ghost of Melvin Garden. And he just like, he is old, but he was good last year. And I know we love Javante Williams. We want the breakout to happen. But Melvin Garden is just in a, a prime spot if anything doesn't happen. That offense is going to be so much better this year, better quarterback play. Should be more explosive downfield and should lead to more red zone and, and green zone touches for both running backs. But that obviously leads into to Melvin Garden as well. So it, it is interesting. Melvin Garden was one of the big heroes of the Sean Siegel zero RB pieces as a second year player in the league. And it feels like he may be a player who makes a second appearance as a zero RB hero as well for us here in 2022. But you're excited about that. Is it for similar reasons, Zach? Or Josh, sorry. We're on the clock. Yeah, here. we're on the but, clock. Um, yeah, the, I, this is this is my guy as well. So okay. I was going to say either that or I like JMO here, and that we go seven receivers and we just cut it off at seven. I think which would you? Be, which would you prefer? I, I'm fine with either one. I think we go running back. I think it's a good. Yeah, I think for where we're at, Rashad White is probably the the better pick. Where Fournette's never made it through a full season healthy. I think I'll probably just thinking about projections. Rashad White's going to be like a top three weekly option yeah. if Fournette is out. So I like that one. Back to Gordon. Everyone's like, oh, you." so here's why you take Javante Williams at the 2-3 turn. Is when Melvin Gordon inevitably gets injured, you have the bell cow on one of the NFL's best offenses. And I'm like, all right, all right, okay. So there's 450,000 entrants in Best Ball Mania 3. Is there any chance that Javante Williams gets injured? Because... I have only heard that if Melvin Gordon gets injured, Javante Williams rockets up. Right. Melvin Gordon's fully competent. Javante Williams gets injured. Melvin Gordon is a locked in RB one. I don't, I don't understand why that upside case is never made for him. Melvin Gordon. I forget. I think it was week two. There was one week where he was the fastest ball carrier, according to next gen stats in the entire mm. week. I believe it was week two last year. He had a big run. Javante Williams was never getting anywhere close to that. Melvin Gordon is still ridiculously explosive. And I don't say that hyperbolically. You can look at the speed. He is still one of the fastest running backs in the NFL at his age. It is ridiculous. I don't know how he does it. He is an ageless wonder. I feel like he's aging like fine wine. And I love that he has the receiving profile. He can get goal line work. He actually had significantly more red zone touches than Javante Williams last year, even though Javante played one more game than him. So... Yes, I think he's going to cede more work in the average game than last year to Javante. But how much more? I'm not quite sure. And Javante has never commanded a high workload at any point in his career. You can go back to college. He was always time-shared with Michael Carter. And in the NFL, he's been time-shared with Melvin Gordon, who they brought back. I, I think the Broncos are smart enough to realize that the best way to deploy Javante Williams is to keep him healthy. And I think we could be looking probably at a, I think 60, 40 split is most likely after it was a, a true dead on 50, 50 split last year. So I, I've taken a lot of Melvin Gordon. I like that. It's still in the AFC West. I just want a lot of those AFC West players on my team. Yeah. And when we, uh, I talked recently with uh, Draco Connor O'Driscoll for one of the, the best ball podcasts. And we talked about the zero RB builds and what you want is not players who you're just relying on somebody to get injured and not play. You're looking for somebody who has work anyway. So he is a weekly startable option. And then if anything happens, he's just a, a superstar who would go from a 10th round or ninth round player or 11th round player 
uh, all the way up to you know third or second round player in terms of how things will be drafted we're one pick away i did still want to get back to get the the rashad white take as well but we're sitting here a couple of interesting options on the board um where are you looking at the moment here josh we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, let's see. So I, you did mention Von Jefferson earlier. I'm going to wait a second because I have a a player in mind that I think we should queue up quickly. The silence is deafening. And real quick, I have a couple of things I'm looking at too, trying to figure out any potential quarterback stacks receivers. So I have Pierce in there because we could potentially get Ryan on the bring back, but who are you thinking right now, Larky? So there's two guys I like Spiller to stack with Herbert. I think Spiller is a sneaky one where if, Eckler goes down. It's the exact same case as Melvin Garden. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think he gets base work, which is why I think he's really also strong. Also the case of Melvin build. Garden. Yeah. Right. I think Spiller is just an incredible zero RB candidate because he's an RB1. If Eckler goes down, he gets you base work. And I think we can even do a five running back zero RB build, potentially the way it's looking right now with how strong they are. Maybe we go six. From my research, the five and six zero RB builds crush when it comes to getting to the finals, getting to round three and round four in the tournaments, the advance Mm -hmm. rates are terrible, Yeah, but it actually flips. And that if you just look at, if I remember correctly, I think it was, and I'm paraphrasing roughly because this is from a former employer's best ball research that I did for them. So I'm not allowed to reference or look at that anymore, but I'm allowed (laughs) whatever's in my head to go with. I believe the advance rate was around 14% for these five running back zero RB builds, which is God awful. Yet four times the baseline of those builds made it to the final round where it's basically like, yeah, the team's probably going to be dead. But if for some reason it's not dead, it means you've hit the nuts. And that's what I really (laughs) like about it is that you're basically just betting on your exactly who you picked that you're we're we're basically saying there's going to be an Eckler injury or there's going to be a Javante Williams injury. And then this team just takes off. So I like the the five, six, zero RB build. I've done some of the seven or eight running back builds before, but after looking at the research, I've started to trend towards five and six and going, you know what? This team's probably dead, but if it's not, this is a moneymaker. Because ultimately, if you're not getting to round three or round four, there's no money in this. Yeah. Why, why, why are we trying to advance to round two? When you think that, about that, it, that comes back to the the upside, you know, debate I was making earlier. We're not we're not trying to come third in the league. Uh, there is a player here that I'm interested in. It's Alberto Kubinum. Um Alberto doesn't work unless you want three tight ends because we already have a week nine by. Uh, that's going to kill me then. Uh, we have uh, the other player that we could have took previously was Algier, but I think that we're set at running back unless we want to go mm-hmm. Algier and just see it out at running back from then on. We had five seconds. I'm okay with Tolbert. Yeah, we could we could take Algier. 
I, I just don't like this offense very much. Right, That's kind gonna... of my fear is that Algier is going to actually need a, I think he's going to need a lot of work to pay off just because the Falcons aren't going to score much. That's one thing that's nice about Spiller is even if Eckler never goes down and he's just situally situationally mixing in as the goal line back and taking some base work, he can still pay off for what we're looking for. But I think Algier, you're going to need 15 touches a game from him for him yeah, to no, really I, crack I, the line. That's kind of my fear with him is I just always worry. It's the same reason why I don't like Damian Pierce is that he's going to need 15 which he's never done before in college. He's going to need 15 touches a game to actually be cracking your lineup in that offense with that offensive line. So that's kind of my fear with some of these running backs that are on truly bad offenses and why I like that we've trended towards running backs. I mean, all four of our picks, Miles Sanders, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, Melvin Gordon, they are all on above average offenses for scoring. And I think that that's really, that's one thing that I've really liked for zero RB. I haven't done the research on that, but I assume that, you want that since I know that spike weeks come from the good offenses. So I've always tried when possible, just give me running backs on teams that will score a lot. And you mentioned there that uh, Miles Sanders is on a team who can score a lot of touchdowns. So hopefully that gets him more than one touchdown in 2022. Uh, can we go back and change that Schultz pick to, can we take Hawkinson there? So we're able to take uh, Okubu in him? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was a good spot there though, Zach, um, as, I believe in the last draft we did, we actually did catch ourselves that we had to take that third tight end. Um, I, I so knew you were going to be on Alberto, so I went ahead and checked that. I, I was wondering why he wasn't in the queue. I was like, how can he yeah. not in the queue? Uh, as we look to start to to get ahead to rounding things out here, um, where are some of the the edges that you think, Zach, that we should be trying to fill this roster out? I think if we can get two quarterback, two tight end would be ideal, but because of how we've built this roster so far, we do have some flexibility in that as well. Yeah, well, we're we're kind of going to be really up against it here in a little bit with our uh, with our quarterbacks and then also our wide receiver options to pair with them. I had Zach Wilson in the queue. He went, you know, well ahead of ADP by like a round or two. Uh, I'm I'm sure there was someone else out there to get us for that. Um, I have Mac Jones in the queue. We obviously don't have any Patriots right now, but I do have Mac Jones in the queue. Let me refresh it. The the idea with Mac Jones is we can definitely find someone else to pair him with later, and we don't have anybody on bye week with them, so. Um, he'd be a bit of a reach right here, but the, the other quarterbacks are available to us. Now, the one I think is interesting, I think even Larky made a case for it. He did a TikTok video of Daniel Jones, a sneaky quarterback one in play. If we want to – and look at that. Oh, so, um, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's brutal so, too. Um, go to the running backs for a second. So yeah. I'll make the case for TDP. You don't oh, even yeah, have to. No we'll just take it. I, because, <laughs> all right, I was going to say, I think – I think we could even potentially stop at five with TDP. We could. And that it's actually just a, an incredible situation where you go zero RB, you have five running backs you can work with. I mean, we could still take six in the end, but we're setting ourselves up. We can even take a three QB build with Herbert at this point. I think there's a lot that you can get freed up with when you take all running backs on good offenses. TDP to me feels like just the absolute biggest overcorrection to one player. Do you remember that Trey Sermon went round seven in best ball mania last year with a worse profile I, I, than Tyrion uh, Davis price with the same draft capital on the same team? So because you got burned by one singular player who had just an absolute ass 40 time that now we've decided that San Francisco round three running backs are off limits. Price actually played in the zone run blocking scheme in college. He's a perfect fit for the system. Elijah Mitchell 
is basically the furthest thing from picture of health. He had a terrifying injury history in college. He missed six games as a rookie. Tyrion Davis price is going to give you spike weeks. And I, I think he is just, he is my locked in <clears throat> favorite running back in this, in this like two round range. I was trying to forget that Trey Sermon existed. So thanks for bringing that back up. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there exactly. as well. uh, uh, I was just going to ask, so we're going to be on the clock here in a second. I have Mac Jones in the queue now. He'd be a reach, but we are certainly going to get him if he comes back most likely. So we, we would take him just so we have him. I think Ryan Tannehill is also decent. Now the it, it gets super thin out there with Titans playmakers. You, you have Austin Hooper who you could certainly get at some point mm-hmm. in time. And then you're taking a shot on a wide receiver if that's what you wanted to do. Um, what what are we leaning here? Do we do we want to get a board on the board? Born, I believe, is on the board. Yeah, one ninety-one. It'd be cl- it'd be kind of close, but I can even I can even justify like something like Taquan Thornton, like in the last round. Yeah, like, we could always it. go Born and Thornton, even or something. I don't, yeah. I'm fine with Mac Jones or Tannehill. I think those are both decent picks. And the other and- player that I would make a case for here is Everett. Um, we do have Justin Herbert. We do have. Oh, yeah. is he still on the board? I thought he, he went. He is. No, oh, he's yeah, not on the board in one pick. Yeah. He's uh, probably, yeah. I think he's probably the pick then because then we can stop at two tight ends and yeah, we've got that, the double That's stack. what I'm thinking. And it gives us okay. a bit of flexibility of quarterback. I think some of those quarterbacks will still be there uh, mm-hmm. when it comes around to us. And I, I, I think, think we Tannehill can double tap gone, quarterback. I thought he, or Tannehill has gone, actually. I thought he would have been somebody who could have been in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can you, just... can you scroll up in our... Are we at seven receivers? So we're at five. Yeah. So we could actually take three quarterbacks. Yeah. Because if oh, we yeah. go three QB, two tight end, that's five. If we have five running back, that's ten. We can take either then at that point six David running backs or eight receivers. No. Mills that? is still on the board. Yeah, Mills goes late. I see the question coming in that uh, yeah. Davis Mills and Larky are brothers. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted yeah. to get that in there as well. Yeah, yeah I think at well, this point we can go either three QB or yeah, I, th- I think three QB at this point, just with how the team is looking. There is also I shouldn't even say it because it's not going to go our way then. But John Metchie's on the board, so. <laughs> So when someone yeah. takes him, then, you know, we'll hate that I said it. But if we got David yeah. Mills on a double tap with quarterback at some point in time, we could always run it back with John Mechie. Um, we'll we'll mm-hmm. see who makes it back to us. But, I, I mean, Mechie's got to play at some point in time, right? Like, he can't be possibly be a bad pick here if he ends up being Houston's wide receiver, too. Well, he, he, he definitely could. He's playing for Houston, but I think... I think he, he's playing for Houston, but uh, in the 16th or 17th round, if he's playing... Yeah. I, I think that he would, you know, he doesn't need to give you that many weeks in order to pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can see if he falls. I don't think we even need wide receiver eight technically with our build. I think probably not. We can do it, but yeah, I think we're actually in a really good spot where we need quarterback, and there's just a lot of these late round quarterbacks that honestly don't look that much different from the quarterbacks that go ahead of them. So I mean, like Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. Yes, yeah. I prefer Matt Ryan. Would it even shock you though if Wentz scores more fantasy points? He's more mobile. Right. He's got better weapons. So I, I think there's well, actually like, mm-hmm. in a roster. I know we talk a lot, Zach, about the quarterback window and getting two quarterbacks. But when you do take somebody as high as we have taken our quarterback one here and this and Herbert, I think like your team is a lot of the time going as high as Herbert goes, and this team is definitely going where the LA Chargers go with how we've set it up. So. I think sometimes having somebody even like a Carson Wentz, you know, if you have those other options that if they have a spike week, they finish ahead of him, but you're, you're really relying on that QB one to 
you know, hit most weeks and that there is going to leave it a little bit open. So we're going to have a few quarterback options here as we have seen Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas, Devontae Foreman, Julio Jones go off the board in this range. We're getting into a real veteran area as well at this point. Mac Jones does go off the board, so we are two picks away. Uh, Zach, who are our options here that you've queued up? Um, there's also another guy who I think is just really interesting in light of today's news. Um, so I got these guys in here. Goff, Wentz, Mills everyone we love, but there's been some Baker Mayfield rumors going around today too that make it sound like Carolina is super close to, to landing Mayfield. And if we already know we're going to do a three-quarterback build, um, I'd almost be fine with going Mayfield as our QB2 and then running it back with one of these other guys as our as our QB3 with the kind of the expectation and hope that it's going to actually be Mayfield who outperforms whoever we take after him and that he ends up landing on a team that actually plays him. So where are you guys at on that? I think if we take Mayfield, we take him in the final round. I don't think anyone else is going to take him with where he is on the queue still. Okay. I'm fine with taking him though, since I, I've taken some Baker, some Jimmy G. I think they're they're starting games this year, so if not, they've yeah, been my than QB three a couple times. The, the other guys that are here in this range that I wouldn't be against is Marcus Mariota, and I would, you know, we're going, we have a lot of rookies on our roster, but oh, I do well, expect Kenny Pickett to be to, to be starting. Ooh, uh, out. <laughs> I have to take someone in 30 seconds. So <laughs> we, we've been overruled. We've been overruled, uh, but we'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield. We are going to need more quarterbacks, but Pickett was the other one I was going to mention. I do think that he's going to be starting pretty early this season. Um, and I do think that there is pieces around him in that offense, like Deontay Johnson, Claypool, um, you know, Harris. I think they're going to be a solid offense. And I think that he probably starts over Trubisky. Um, still getting over the the Baker Mayfield pick there from Zach. How are you feeling about that, Josh? Is we, we said to take him later. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I would have taken him later, but I I understand. Who was my Zach third was option? Doing. So it was my third option. Here's here's one thing I've done. We could do Mills Mechie. The other one, and this one, it's guaranteed to work if Goff is on the board. I have done some Jared Goff with Josh Reynolds. Yeah, and. No one takes Josh Reynolds. I can't quite figure out why. The guy just puts up spike weeks anytime he plays. He has a, a good enough track record that I think he will get some playing time. He got extended. So he's been a fun one as well. What's the Mechie ADP? Because I, I I know I, Reynolds. I'd be surprised be if he's still there because Mechie is. Yeah, oh, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm oh, just kidding. Like Goff a... is, all right. Goff is gone. All right. Every, everyone's taking the everyone who talk about we we could do like Carson Wentz with Diami Brown or something crazy like that if we really wanted to or I mean I wonder like when we get to this point someone make a pick at, for us yeah when, yeah. when we're getting I'm to this point Wentz. yeah I, I think uh what about Will Fuller no uh Will Fuller wouldn't be bad oh Will Fuller's on the board I didn't realize that yeah do we I keep do that? forgetting with the William he I mean let's go Fuller he could be a wide receiver too this year. The, the reason I'm saying that is we've taken like, oh God, I just do not get excited about Carson Wentz in any single way. Uh, I was going to say when we were looking through the other players, you know, when we're at this point, I know it's important to stack, but I think if we're like, sometimes you could end up just burning two picks here if Wentz isn't the quarterback after four weeks and you draft a wide receiver who like things don't work out for, you know, if we're getting really deep, I would be hoping with our next pick that, we may get Mills. I think if we're looking at the quarterbacks that are available, or I think Pickett. Mills is more upside than Wentz. And that's yeah, or what I think. Of I was going to say, we can queue up Pickett as well because Pickett 
it, he ran about nine times a game for his final four seasons of college. I, I don't quite know what he's going to do in the NFL. It's probably not going to be nine times a game. That's what Jalen Hurts did last year. But I think especially when we have someone so strong like Herbert, we're not going to need – like we'll be fine for the first month if it's just Herbert and Mayfield. But if for some reason Pickett – like Pickett's one of those guys where he, week 15, 16, 17, he could run run the ball in twice. And that there's there's not really like Mills isn't going to do that. There's just not a lot of these quarterbacks later on aren't going to do that. You're not going to see Jared Goff running the ball in twice, but you could see someone like Pickett doing that. So I think Pickett's someone that I've been into as well, just for the the total unknown of how that mobility translates to the NFL. Even though I think he was a terrible prospect, it's a wonderful situation. It's a very very stable organization. He has one of the like three or four deepest skill position rooms in the league. Cause we've got Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, and even Calvin Austin, who kind of lit it up in college despite his size. So I think Pickett's been one that I've been very okay with as my third QB, just because if you're taking three QBs at that point, it's not like you need the, the third one to start immediately. So I'm fine with him. But if Mills is still there, I mean, hello, Davis Mills. Yeah, either of those. I think we. Should, I'm hoping we get one of those two guys back to us. Um, but I think they're an interesting way to, to fill this out, particularly since we've got Baker Mayfield. Uh, the breaking news is about to come down. Apparently, there's going to be you know the, the stock is going to go through the roof here for Baker Mayfield. So if you are drafting today, make sure you draft him nice and early. Yeah, get your uh, get get your final Mayfield picks in, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So it, we are one pick away. We have two quarterback options. Carson Wentz goes off the board, so we're waiting one more pick. Uh, we'll let you have the selection, though, Josh. Who would your preferred option, if it is Mills or Pickett, be? Where are you? I think I would lean with what you talked about earlier to Pickett and the upside play there. Yeah, I, I think I would lean Pickett just because we do have Herbert. How are we going to unseat Herbert as our QB1? We're going to need some pretty decent spike weeks. I think so, Mills is a really nice one where I think he gives you a great floor. I don't actually think his ceiling is very high in any game. Yeah. So, so we'll go pick it here then. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. This, this is a really fun team. I just love that our running backs are all on good offenses. They all have some type of projectable role week to week where they're going to do something most likely. And then they all have the really, really good upside cases where all of these guys, you could even think about them as one injury away from being a monster. Oh yeah. Where if Gainwell goes down, Sanders is a monster. If Javante goes down, Gordon, monster. Fournette goes down, we got Rashad White. Eckler down, Isaiah Spiller. And if something happens to a, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Tyrion Davis-Price. So I, I like that they're all standalone value with pretty, pretty nice upside cases as well. Yeah, and I joked about it earlier in the show where the players have no faces, but we have we've rounded it out with a, a healthy selection of rookies uh, to finish out the draft. So I'm really pleased with how it's gone. I think it, the, you know, when we took Sanders, I probably would have held off another round or two, but you know, we've really ended up with a super solid running back room. Wide receivers are stacked, tight ends pretty solid, especially to get that Everett pick in there to to pair him up. I think we've done a nice job with the Chargers offense overall. Um, Zach, if you can, can you leave up that draft board for a second? We do have uh, Tampa Bay instead draft in the eight slot. He's uh, he's wondering. He said would love some feedback. So if you want to dive in and uh, give us a run through his roster, Zach, and then we'll 
we'll give some feedback on it. You, you said 108. 108. And just before we do review that team, anyone watching in, thanks for watching in, obviously. Do hit that like button in the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. And I did mention earlier, we do have a Scott Fishbowl entry to give away. Check the information on that in the description of today's show notes. But let's hit us quickly. We'll have a, a recap here of Team 8. Uh, teammate starts Derek Henry, Mark Andrews, Jalen Waddell, Deontay Johnson, Lamar Jackson, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, uh, Kenneth Walker, Kareem Hunt, Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry, Ronald Jones, Jameis Winston, Josh Palmer, Jamal Williams, uh, Julio Jones, Taysom Hill, and then Marquez Callaway. So real quick, I can't look at it here, but it looks so there's like... There's quite a, bit, quite a bit of New Orleans Saints involved in that. Uh, Taysom Hill is an interesting pick, somebody who I'm not really targeting and drafts at all how are you on on Taysom Hill yes or no guys I mean it's a galaxy brain play the, everyone drafting Taysom Hill is kind of banking less on tight end production and more on like he's gonna have sure. a two touchdown <laughs> he's gonna have he's gonna rush for two touchdowns or he's gonna somehow be the the starting quarterback one week and when he starts that that week's gonna matter and they're gonna win with the 25 point week out of Taysom Hill, you know, in the tight end slot or something like that. So it's a galaxy brand play. I think it's a fun galaxy brand play, but uh, it, it could also just be that you have a tight end three who's not doing a whole lot for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm not thinking big enough in terms of this is a 450,000 entry play, but I, I haven't taken much Taysom. From yeah. everything I've read, this new coaching staff has no interest. Or it's not like a new, new coach staff, but it's no longer Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. I feel like Taysom Hill was like the the man child of Sean Payton. It seems like they have absolutely oh, yeah. no interest in exploring him at quarterback. They wanted to play tight end. Troutman's pretty good at tight end. He's going to be out on the field a lot. He's going to do something in the receiving game. And Taysom Hill actually has almost no receiving production throughout his career. I, I thought it was more, I'm going to pull it up quickly. I was, sh I was shocked when I looked and was like, oh, Taysom Hill has caught almost no passes in his NFL career. And he's switching to tight end. Like, yeah, we like these big athletic guys. He's going to be 32 when the season starts. This yeah. is not a young guy. He has. It's a 27 year old rookie. <laughs> he has 34 career catches. At, at age 32. You, you, yes, he, he might do something at tight end. Yes, he might start a game at quarterback, but these just feel like such low probability outcomes. And I understand it's like, well, we're one in 450,000. What if he is. The, the skeleton key because in week 17 he starts at quarterback but yeah. it just seems <laughs> like you're so it seems like you don't want to target so I'm many watch the stream at the end of the season when this is the winning team from the yeah <laughs> i know sorry for jumping into taste hell i was just asking that question in general it was something that peaked out to me but i do think attacking the new orleans saints a bit like we've done with the chargers you're able to do it with the saints at a much lower acquisition cost so i think that could be something that's interesting for this team he does also have michael thomas in there i have a lot of concerns about michael thomas and coming back from that injury and how things are going to play out for him will he be ready for the start of the season the other player in it is derrick henry who i'm not drafting and purely just from a profile perspective he was amazing last year up until that injury uh, there's a lot of the other players that i do like through those opening kind of seven rounds um but henry is the one that i would be have, have some of those concerns around i'd probably even be going on a, maybe even deandre swift ahead of somebody like henry but how are you feeling overall about the the team i think the actual structure of the team is yeah, fine the structure is really good yeah yeah it's yeah. just it's just a lot of players that i'm not as interested in Kenneth Walker, someone that I've I've pretty much just fully faded. I, I do not like drafting two down running backs on really, really bad offenses. 
it's not even clear. Uh, like, what if what Baker it, Mayfield gets traded to the Seahawks and then he's the starting quarterback for the Seahawks? Does that help? It, it we, helps. We need Baker Mayfield to get traded somewhere very soon. Yeah, that would help. I I still just struggle to get on board with. It's it's really archaic play calling with Pete Carroll. I think that's it's a nice so way to put it. Uh, they they ran the fewest plays by far in the NFL last year, despite all but four games were just a full Russell Wilson game. This could just be so ugly. And I think it actually not could. It will be really, really ugly unless they get Baker, in which case it will just be ugly, but not really ugly. It's it's a bad offensive. It's going to be it's just going to be a really bad offensive environment. I'm, I'm not drafting a whole lot of Metcalf, not drafting a whole lot of Lockett. I, I just kind of feel like when I know that it's going to be a bottom five offense, pretty much no matter what, you have to thread the needle to get a really fantasy relevant player on that team. And I'd rather just play the game of rather than someone like Lockett. I'm like, let me just take Russell Gage. Sure, Lockett has a slightly better track record, but Russell Gage is going to be playing on this elite passing offense. And even if Russell Gage is bad and only has a 15% target share, that is still going to outproduce even like a 23, 24% target share from Lockett because of the offense. So I, I just feel like the floors and ceilings of these good offense players are higher. And I, I don't see the ceiling outcome for any of these Seahawks, especially with Metcalf when people go, oh, look at the Geno Smith splits. Yes, the Geno Smith split gave Metcalf like two and a half fewer targets per game. Do I think he's going to score on 25% of his catches like last year with, with Geno <laughs> Smith? Absolutely not. Seems you can't unlikely. bring you can't bring up that split without acknowledging that he had almost fifty percent fewer targets with Geno Smith than Russell Wilson. There's a couple other things that I just mentioned. Like we talked about the structure, I do think that structure will save you a lot of times, and I think the overall mm-hmm. draft build here is is quite strong yeah, from that perspective. Strong. It's just the the players. There is Jalen Waddle in there, and there's Deontay Johnson. Um, Michael Thomas is probably the one that I have the concern about. The other thing I was going to call out though is I love Lamar Jackson this year. My concern is that then when we've gone with Lamar Jackson, a bit like we went with Justin Herbert, that then we have gone with Winston and really stacked around the Saints, which to get them stacks to actually have effect, you're going to nearly need Lamar Jackson to be less than Jameis Winston for a good chunk of the season for those stacks to to pair up. But I think overall, strong team. So uh, Tampa Wheels, uh, solid draft overall. Looking forward to hopefully drafting with you down the road as well we will get ready to kind of close things out and um, make sure you hit that like button subscribe to the channel but josh as we get ready to finish up i've really enjoyed this draft i'm hoping that when we get together you know six months from now we're talking you know we're, we're cracking open some drinks and we're saying that, that was the best draft we ever did we're, we're two million dollars richer um, it was a lot of fun having you on here thank you yeah i was actually going to say so i've done probably like 10 to 12 zero rb drafts at this point this is my favorite I, I truly don't think you can get a better five running back build than what we had, just because they're all on good offenses. We'll have and, to tweet it. We'll have to tweet it out later to see if uh, if Twitter agrees with that. They they probably mm-hmm. won't. Yeah, Twitter <laughs> will be like, you need more running backs, even though the the five running back build with zero RB can work out actually just fine. And that yeah, we have a really low chance of advancing, but I really don't care about advancing as much. Last year I was focused more on advancing, and then a lot of my advancing teams were just getting pummeled in the in the like the round two, round three zone. And now I'm like, all right, yeah, we want to advance, but do I really just want to get my money back from advancing to round two? I mean, cool, got my money back. But if you're drafting, if you have 50 drafts and you get your money back in a few of them, you're losing a lot of money. So, a lot of time yeah. while drafting the teams. <laughs> yeah, so right. I feel like you should really be drafting as if this is the team that somehow squeaks into the playoffs. 
And that if this team is in the playoffs, that means our running backs are hitting enough. And that we have just this filthy receiving core. Our tight ends are strong. Our quarterback room is really strong and everything really comes together nicely. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one. It's going to be fun with this team as well to just to see where Will Fuller or William Fuller as he's going these days uh, ends up because that could be that could be a lot of fun to see that ADP jump over the course of the next month or so. Um, if you can pull up Team One as well, Zach, we do have a request here from Sam Chowdhury for Team One. We'll give it some feedback as well. So we've straight off the board. I see Leonard Fournette. That was somebody who was mentioned. Obviously, he's going against our pick uh, at the running back position. We have Keen Allen, George Kettle, who we did talk about, DK Metcalf, who we touched on a moment ago, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Adam Thielen, Matthew Stafford, Tyler Lockett, who we touched on. Then we also have Kirk Cousins, Alexander Madison, Jacob, Jacoby Myers, uh, Michael Carter. Tyler Higby, this writing is very small. Uh, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> who has decided that he's not retiring. Sammy Watkins, Jared Goff, and Mark Ingram. So any thoughts on, on that team overall, Josh? So I really like the the pounding two of the the QB, the fringe QB1 guys. That's just been really, really strong for yeah. win rates. Two good offenses. I don't think we needed a third quarterback on this team after Stafford Cousins. I don't think golf was a like some terrible pick. I don't think it was needed, but I like that we've got the stacks because I know we have Stafford Cup. I know that we have Cousins, Madison, Thielen, which is a lot of fun. This is I one where too, I think too, if we take uh, Lock, I believe this team had Lockett and Metcalf. I think if we get both of those guys, we should be at least taking a shot on. Yeah, like, Metcalf we, and Lockett. Yeah, do do we take a shot on either Gino, who we touched on a minute ago, or Lock? You know. I think you want to be stacking that up later in the draft if you take those two quarterbacks mm. rather than the golf pick. Especially because I think golf is just a naked golf. I don't think there's even a line on the team. So, like, if I guess if you're nitpicking and you're going to say, like, you are going to draft a third quarterback, then why not take a quarterback on some place where you laid your bets already? Oh, and same bye week for Stafford. You have a message that the same so. bye week for Stafford and Cousins. So, I, uh, I okay. So, I I've mean, actually, I guess you need that. so I, I'm thinking, so I've done this twice with Stafford Cousins. One time I left it. Yeah, I was like, we're just going to leave it because no one else is going to leave it. And it gives me flexibility to have another player in another position. The other time I did what Sam did. I, I forgot they have that. I think it's week seven, if I remember correctly. So I did what Sam did the other time where I was like, all right, let's take a third quarterback. I, I think he had a good structure. I, I just, I don't love the the Metcalf locket, but I think overall, like it's a great structure. I like that he's got Kittle, Elijah Mitchell. There's just a lot of sneaky correlation thrown in throughout this one so i think it looks pretty good overall yeah this is a draft i'd be okay with something that i try and do that isn't really reflected in this team as much as in those later rounds particularly from round you know 13 on i'm trying to take younger players who are ascending or who may you know really increase in value as the season goes along like some of these guys that you're taking in the 18th round that maybe ninth round picks heading into 2023 um, and I think if we look at the guys that were taken late in this draft, the likes of Sammy Watkins, who, you know, I'm, I'm a Packers fan. I'm hoping he has a big season for the Packers, but it, it's not likely that he's going to be, you know, sentient and valued like that. Some of the other veteran players that are in that mix too. So I, I would be kind of targeting slightly different profiles of players than later in drafts for the upside. Let's see how team five turned out or team 10 turned out with the five running back, because it seemed like oh. they just started pounding receiver when we were, so let's see how this one turned out because I, I haven't actually seen a good five early running back team, but I am open. They I'm don't open exist. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. So team 10, five running backs in the first six picks. 
Um, they did get Kelsey in the second, which I yeah, so, so we go Harris, Kelsey, Connor, Elliot, Hall, Jacobs. That's a that's a lot. And I think Connor, Zeke, and Jacobs to me look like dead zone running backs with the profile. They're they're all getting yeah, up there I in Connor. age. I, I, I drafted touches. Connor. He was my most uh, drafted player last year, but like this is you know too this high really of a high cost for him. For him. Um, when we look through it, like I like Hall as well, but the other guys you mentioned, like Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs, feel like dead zone guys. But I touched on it when we were talking about drafting Russell, uh, or sorry, Hunter Renfro. Um, Russell Gage is his wide receiver one here. Then we have Robert Woods, who may do a nice job as his of his healthy wide receiver two. Then we're into Tyler Boyd, Kenny Galladay, Jamison Crowder. He's got Corey two stacks, Davis. which is yeah. good. We got Gage Brady, we've got Brees Hall, Corey Davis, Zach Wilson. There is some correlation here. But the, the concern for me is the guys that end up being, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three are, you know, really not going to replicate those points off a Jamar Chase, for example. Yeah. Um, no, they, we needed that, more rookies here. Also correlated Cleveland super late, Bell, Peoples Jones, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Interesting, uh, yeah. interesting way to get that it, one. It's an interesting team, but I, I think that ultimately we need more rookies here. Because if we scroll back up, I think the only rookie is David Bell. Uh, Brees Hall as well. Yeah, oh, I mean, in terms of like receiving core. Yeah. In terms of getting that upside in the receiving core, I think Gage is a really good pick. Uh, Woods feels like he's probably low upside with a low volume offense coming off the ACL injury. Boyd feels like kind of a handcuff receiver. Maybe there's some upside there. I don't think, I think Galladay's a fine pick at ADP. I don't think he has any kind of ceiling outcome that's really league winning in any way. Crowder kind of feels like some fine, like high floor pick as well. Davis, I think, is kind of a high floor pick. There just wasn't there wasn't enough ceiling here. I think Gage is the only one that I can see having some type of elite ceiling week to week on occasion, and I, I think you just need more than that. So, and I mean, really, you're drafting five running backs with your first and with you know what six of your first your your first six picks. Excuse me, I'm, I'm some of them are words here, but you're drafting five running backs with your first six picks. Uh, you, you're essentially drafting two bench players. Right out the gate. I mean, because you can only this get this feels very much like the, those uh, guys into your lineup. This feels very much like when we post a zero RB team, Zach, and they're saying that why have you drafted so many wide receivers? <laughs> yeah, well, because I can get a little bit more out of that. <laughs> I'm just doing that to, to frustrate you, but um, we will start to, to close it out there. If you are watching this or you're listening to it after on the Rotoviz podcast channel the best ball podcast make sure you check that out myself and zach will be doing these streams potentially weekly but we also have shows that come out each and every monday as well we did a series last year which is evergreen you can check out that is the road of his best ball podcast there is links to it in today's show description but if you are listening to us on the podcast you can also check this out on the road of his youtube channel make sure you head over and hit that subscribe button as i did mention as well we do have a scott fishbowl contest the information for that is in today's show description make sure you enter into that but we are going to continue to do some of these streams it's a lot of fun doing them with zach and we'll have different guests on i do want to say as we close things out thanks to josh for jumping on today you can follow him on twitter at jlarky tweets there will be some moves to where you can find his content over the coming months but you can find everything going on with him over on twitter anything else uh, josh as we close things off here that you want to give a shout out to yeah i want to say thanks for hosting me and shout out to rotoviz for putting this on thanks you guys and the final thing what what is what is the cut going to be when this wins two million i assume we're going 33 33 33 right oh we have to break down the 
euros and all that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> You don't quite know how it shakes up after that. Yeah, at the minute you can't uh, do underdog drafts uh, outside the US, really. So I'm going to have to figure out some back channel ways to get my split. So maybe I'll have like a slightly <laughs> yeah. lower cut. I might have to, you know, take twenty five. I don't know. We'll figure that out after we win. That, that's fine with me. We'll go thirty seven and a half, thirty seven and a half, twenty five. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. No one's complaining here. <laughs> So, uh, no, it's been awesome drafting along with Josh here. So make sure you follow him on Twitter, as I mentioned. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Make sure you hit the thumbs up, drop us a comment, you know, give it a, a share on social media if you do so feel inclined. Really fun for everyone that was in the chat today. Thanks to all of you who did join in and stay along along the way. But until we're back with another show, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Zachary Kruger. Check him out on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB and check out his work over at NBC Sports Edge. And until we're back again, have a good one. Mm -hmm.